Hi, welcome to another episode of the Grassroots Roundtable Podcast, a podcast that is simply a discussion between a couple of local church leaders. Today we're going to be talking about doubt. We'll get to that in just a moment. In the meantime, hello, I'm the A-game, Adam Bailey, an elder of Grassroots Church here in Lewisburg, West Virginia. Although, we're going to have to change and, that a little bit. In Monroe County, both Greenbrier and Monroe Counties. I'm with Darren. He's the lead elder of Grassroots Church. I call him the main man, but he does. he's humble. He's he's the, the minor man. I'm kidding. How does that make you feel? I, uh, I'm good with either. Nothing. How much coffee have you had? This would be cup number two. This is cup number two. But I do want to apologize to our faithful friends on our behalf. We're a day late. Which is my fault. We had um, our babysitter for Ruthie was having some personal issues the previous night. So we had no babysitter. Jesse was able to go to school, take care of her lesson plan stuff, get the substitute teacher set up for the day while I was watching Ruthie. And then she came back home and we switched. So Darren just got up and walked away. I'm so sorry. But hey, I appreciate your uh, flexibility and schedule. And friends, I apologize. I know you all were up late last night. Look, we got the text. I saw the post. I saw we were trending. I'm sorry we let you down that one day. But hey, we're back. It's all good. It's all good. Hashtag, where's the round table? R-E-L-A-X. Relax. And our friends owe us because we got our football talk out of the way already yep we're not going to talk about it we're not going to talk sports although okay we got to talk sports once dude my cleveland baseball were i I, i'm trying to stop believing (laughs) i'm trying don't stop i'm trying because like they are playing so well and there's a lot of commentators on sports that are like, this team's going to be tough to beat in the postseason. Good pitching, good bullpen. They put the ball in play, great defense. And I'm just sitting there going like, you can't get my hopes up like that. You cannot get my hopes up like that. And my hopes are up, and then they're going to be dashed. And so it's like, I'll tell you what I, I don't want to do. I don't want to doubt. No doubt. I don't want to doubt. Is it, I do. Well, congratulations, though. You get to go to the playoffs. The we Brewers do. are still kind of... They have a 30% chance well, of making the playoffs. Frodo had less than a 30% chance of getting that ring to Mordor. And spoiler alert, we'll take that 30%. Milwaukee. You need Philadelphia to lose and Milwaukee to win. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for the Phillies to lose. Come on, Phillies. And the Brewers to win. That's what you need. Mm-hmm. I want to sabotage. It's not sports talk. I sent you a text yesterday about ESPN sports coverage because I have not. I've not really consumed a lot of ESPN. I, I get a lot of FS1 coverage. Yeah, and I like I, them better. And I prefer the podcast. It's like I think Pat McAfee. I enjoy his podcast because there's a bunch of guys that like football. They're talking about football and their players. There's no agenda. They just enjoy the game and it's fun. So I I really like podcasts like that. Uh, pardon my take. Th- things of that nature. But I'm watching Ruthie yesterday, and I'm like, oh, let's turn it on uh, Get Up. You know, it's 8 o'clock. Get Up comes on at 8 o'clock, and I turn it over there. And I do like Greeny. I have a lot of respect for Greeny. Um, ESPN coverage, it's like they're so pretentious. They're so snobby. That's my problem. They act like they're the smartest sports commentators in their room, the way that they present themselves. Between that and then you see a clip. And I don't – okay, so this is the problem. Whenever a person's personality becomes bigger than – their message. You see that happen in churches with some pastors. It's like the church has an identity that's based on the personality of the pastor instead of the message that they're trying to convey. Major red flag, friends, if you see that happening. Anyway, I see a clip of Stephen A. Smith, and I've watched a lot of Stephen A. I've watched a lot of, you know, all the sports commentaries. Go back to Cold Pizza. Pardon the interruption, around the horn. Yeah. Stephen A. has had a lot of good takes, and he can be very articulate. And he can be very insightful, but his personality just goes beyond that. And he did say one time where he's like, oh, I'm not settling for nothing. I want my own show. They know at ESPN I'm all about making money, and I'm all about getting my own show. But that that show that he had with him talking to his little baby version of himself, yeah, nobody wanted it's that. It's just so annoying. 
It's like he's playing a character, which goes back to ESPN's coverage. Again, I like Greeny, but these guys are playing characters. How can how can Stephen A. have his own show when all he's going to do is yell louder than the other person he's talking to? Which is to himself, and it's I don't. That's not fun. Yeah, yeah. That's so, but that's what makes this podcast so good. Yeah, and uh, the way that we're going to be handling today's topic. Darren, I was talking to you, and, and the way that the podcast is really set up, we're obviously going to be biblical grounded, add some biblical and theological context to the discussion. That's what we do, and as Christians, that's what we're called to do. But, you know, if someone is tuning in, it's like, oh, I Googled podcasts, the church podcast that talks about doubt, and they're like, well, this was not a uh, dissertation or exposition on the concept of doubt. It's just a conversation between a couple of local church leaders on a topic. Just talking about it. And friends, we appreciate you listening to us. Give us your feedback. Grassrootswv.com, Twitter, Facebook, instant gramification. Can I ask for specific feedback from anybody that listens? Are you asking me? Yeah. If like, you can, can, ask? I, can I ask for specific feedback? Darren, as far as I'm concerned, you can ask anything as you want. I, I want to know if any of our faithful friends have ever heard us say something and they knew what we were saying, and please understand, they knew what we were saying was right, not because we said it was right, but like biblically, they knew what we were saying was according to God's word, and it's what we as Christians should do, but then just were like, I don't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, talking about one of the topics over, I think this is episode 117. Oh, way to go. Master Chief's number. Oh, is that what it was? That's what we should call it. <laughs> um, don't but, doubt the chief. But I, I want, well, that, that has different connotation for me. Wahoo. Chief Wahoo, yeah, with my Indians. Don't but um, Do you know if you have faith of a mustard seed, they will win the World <laughs> Series, Darren. But I, I wonder if anybody's ever heard us and been like, I know that's biblical, I know that's right, but it's so hard, I don't want to do that. But then also I wonder if they've ever heard something we've said and they have just not quite believed what we said. You know what I'm saying? I'd love to hear from some of our listeners. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten some good feedback before in the past few weeks. It was more structural. Uh, more like, well, you didn't really address the topic which you put forth. It's like, okay, I get that. So I feel like uh, most of the criticism, both positive and negative, has been more of the structural, not so much contextual. Well, you already said that this is just a conversation between local church leaders. And being you and I, we never know where our conversation is going to go. So if it doesn't go where we thought it was, hey, we said it's just a conversation. Well, I like that. I miss that. And I'm happy that we can bring people into the conversation, too, because, you know, you watch an episode of Friends, and you got people sitting on a, on a couch in the perk, Central Perk, excuse me, and they're just, like, talking, hanging out, having a good time, and that's becoming dated now. Oh, yeah. Now it's more like, well, I'll just sit on my couch and, like, live text you the game. Why watch it with you? That's or why would I need to meet up with someone when I can just email them? It's not fun. We need to have these face-to-face interactions, and I love like these podcasts where just folks are having a conversation and you get invited into it. So that I mean, that's really the format that we have striven for, and dare I say, perfected. Well, can no. I? No, 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 no. I I'm with you. I love just face-to-face conversations, but can I give Kelly and I were talking about this last night. I said again Sunday that I'm an introvert, and she said Lisa Carter leaned forward and was like, what? And Kelly was like, "He really, she's like, he's not an introvert. She goes, not here on Sundays, but if you, you know, kind of like that kids' water party thing that we were all at, you know, back in the summer, and I'm just chilling, you know, Pat is texting me going, are you okay? And I'm like, man, I'm having a blast. I just... I don't, I don't have to be the center of attention, and I prefer not to be. I want, I love just hanging out, coffee, get two or three, four or five friends together and just talk. But please understand, I feel like because of the way I put, you know, you and I talk on this, uh, preaching on Sunday morning, being around, when I show up, people, I, I think people feel like I'm going to drive everything and like almost... The way, the way you and I, well, you host the podcast, I'm going to host the conversation or something. And it's like, I'm here to just hang out. 
and have a good conversation. You're for the ride. You want me to drive this car? You're in the passenger seat of the conversation. You got your window down. That's what I... I so you drive me physically. I drive you crazy, verbally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, that's I, I something... Thought, yeah, I'm fighting against myself inside. Well, I think this you, your personality way is set up too. It's like you do have an an air to you of someone that is in control. That's wow, that's the kind of thing you you present yourself as like authority. Like you don't have to say something to have an air of authority. Sometimes, right? It's just a personality trait. Because me, um, it's like I said, I I don't have that. <laughs> I don't walk into a room and not say a word. People look it's like, what do we do now? But you know, you've got that personality. Like you're you're a leader. It's a gift, and that's what happens. Well, but hey, it makes it. you feel any better when you walk into a room like, ah, <laughs> dang ah, it. Dang it. I'm leaving. I was going to say, do you? it's not intimidating, is it? I don't want to be think intimidating. It's intimidating. Okay, good. good no. Good, good, good. No. Just, it's hard to explain. It's like, um, you, know, king, you know, Theoden was the king of Rohan, and he was in charge, but not really. Even in the third movie, Eowyn was like, the men followed you into battle. Like, and you were the one that had the influence on the king. He didn't say anything. He didn't really, you know, he just did. He was a part of the group, but it's like had that air of authority. It's kind of hard to explain, but no, it's a, it's a leadership quality. I don't think it's like an introvert, extrovert thing as much as it is. It's like, I don't know, you're, you're, you're presented, you present yourself as someone that does, ha- like someone's in control, right? Okay. I'm, does that I'm make cool sense? With that. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I just, friends, let me know. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I don't know you. Who are I you? I think I would just, Three observations. One, I would love to just hang out with people and just have a conversation and just everybody's in on it. Kind of like I'm how thinking of friends. That, how often does this happen, though? Like, how can you put a percentage on it? Like, how many times has there been a social situation where you invited to a water party or whatever, and you're like, I'm just going to go. I'm going to sit in a corner and make grumpy face. No, That's what I do. <laughs> but make a grumpy face. No, you don't do that. Because, like I said, you were talking as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but then again, I was drowning. Dude, I'm sorry. If y'all, for those that, you, <laughs> I got waterboarded by. It was kids. hilarious. It was like he, he just. We're all hanging out on the back deck. All the kids are in the yard playing like the water stuff, and the kids were instructed leave the water off the deck. You're not to bring it up here, and you went over to like check something. No, out. I went over there to get my gun and shoot them back. I was like, if you shoot me, I'm gonna come in there. I want to blast you. And someone because, shot me. It's like, okay, give me that gun. But then you came back and you were drenched and you were like, it is on. <laughs> Dude, we lost it. I started just throwing water on them. Dude, they were they were it was shooting hilarious. to kill. That was all on my face. Like my contact was you about were to pop so out. I was like, oh my goodness. You were so outnumbered and it was hilarious. I but I started throwing some kids around. But um what percentage have has it been in a social situation where you're like, I just want to go, I want to hang out. I don't want to be in charge i'm not in charge i just want to be a part you do that and suddenly everyone's like looking to you like what do we do now darren can we can we cut the cake <laughs> is it dessert time i'm i'm honestly He's thinking fine, because because even like last night you and ryan came over for covenant community follow-up and that's my job is to drive that conversation you know when the when the elders get together even though we're having a blast you and mark and i it's my job to drive the conversation. So when any other situation, it's, you know, just hanging out, uh, birthday party, you know, friends just getting together, I, 100% of the time, I'm going to just chill and not drive the situation. And so um, those opportunities are few. They're few. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to organize and coordinate a fun activity called Darren Do Nothing. It's my Pastor Appreciation Day gift to you, whenever that is. And Oh, crap. You just said that. That's October. To, okay. Here's what we're going to do, Grassroots. Holy have a crap. Big I always party. forget that. We're going to have a big party well, it's not a real and thing. ignore Darren. We're going to put him in the connect room, close the door, and we're going to party to celebrate him, but not with him. Can everybody understand if there's a, a big party? Like, say, say you hosted big party and 20, 30 people hanging out, wherever. And everybody ignored me, and I was, like, in the corner. I would be completely okay with it. I like sitting at a party with one or two people and just having a a long conversation as opposed to 40 mini-conversations. Way, way more. 
Mm. I like that way more. So. And, I, and I'll close with this, too. I, it goes back to even your position in grassroots being the um, lead elder, vision casting, looking ahead, looking forward, yeah. planning ahead. Like you were talking this morning, you're like, oh, meeting about the 2023 budget and schedule. And I thought to myself, blow. <laughs> Fine. But in that, that party situation that you're describing, because I am the person that wants to like have those 40 conversations. I'm, I'm in the moment. Uh, meeting with Mark yesterday. You, Mark, and myself. Not Mark. Um, Ryan. Ryan. Sorry, Ryan. Sorry, Mark, too. Big apology. Always apologize to Mark on my behalf. But I'm not really looking ahead to like the direction that the conversation should be going because I'm just enjoying the current yeah. where I'm at now. And that's kind of the uh, communication realm that I live in. It's like... Well, I'm here now. I don't know where this is going. Wait, I have an idea, but I'm not good at getting people on track to that idea. But I hope I hope you've taken what I've said in the past as a positive because I mean it as a positive. I've told Kelly this. When when there's a lot of people together, like you and I are there, and it's not it's not a meeting, you know, that I have to get through the business of the meeting, but it's just everybody hanging out. I appreciate you and Kelly and others that y'all are going to drive the conversation. Y'all yeah. y'all don't mind being that center of attention to get people cuz I get to just hang out and enjoy. Yeah, and you get to listen to me singing alongside Mark and Tom of Blink 182 and Acapella. I don't mind it. I feel my worship team try out. But hey friends, let us know. Hey Darren, appreciate you sharing that. Happy uh, coffee personal talk. And see, that's the thing, you can't have that conversation on text. Via text. You can't. Oh, you text. can't. An old man over here. I'm all about, though, if somebody calls you up and is like, I just want to hang out, let's get coffee. No agenda. Man, I'm all about that. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Like, let's just hang out. No doubt. No diggity. Sorry I'm not home right now. I'm working on the spider web. Do you listen to No Doubt? You're a 90s guy. Are you a No yeah. Doubt guy? Yeah. It, it's a little awkward sometimes when you're rolling down the street and no doubt. Is, I'm just a girl. Yeah, that's blared, and you're like, people are looking at you, and I'm like, listen, I like the song, right? So just back I mean, off. Gwen Stefani is an, an artist, and they have a lot of a lot of good music. Yeah, I'm big. Speaking Shut of up. no doubt. Do you have any doubt this morning, Darren? Um, I doubt that people are still listening. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was a rant out of nowhere, but remember, this is just a conversation. Well, here's a, a little bit of a Backstory, because what we're doing, we're going through the 1689 alternatively throughout the week, so we'll get back to the 1689 next week, and in between the 1689, we're going to slide topical uh, podcasts, topical recordings in there of just whatever we feel led to discuss in a particular moment, but I came across an article on Desiring God. It was um, someone talking about dealing with doubt, and one idea that they brought up is that in churches, you hear a lot of sermons about fear. You hear a lot of sermons about anger. You hear a lot of sermons about sexuality. You hear a lot of sermons about faith and grace. But then doubt. You don't hear a lot about. Because for me, preaching, teaching on Sunday morning, leading a discussion, what have you, to say I struggle in anger in this way, it's more seemingly accepted then if I were to say to my small group, be like, y'all, I'm having some doubts. Because it seems to like open up a certain personal vulnerability to where in a lot of Christian circles, it's almost like um, if you have doubt, then you don't have faith and we're not going to talk about it. You can't have any type of doubt. Don't talk about it. If you're doubting, shut up, have faith, get over it. Stop. We're not talking about it. And then pastors maybe don't open up and talk about their own doubts because well, what, what is that saying about them? If you get up on a Sunday morning being like, y'all, I've been doubting this week. I mean, I'm struggling in sermon prep. I have doubt. People are going to be like, oh, what's wrong with you? Like, you're not supposed to have doubt. So I just want to explore this idea of doubt more conversationally, not so much doctrinally or theologically, but really just talk about doubt in our own lives and how we can work through that. Because if there's this taboo on it, how do you have a sense of community in discussing that particular topic. I hope that made sense. Did I make sense, Darren? Yeah, and there's also another uh, um, stream of theology, people's belief system that I've heard uh, talking with somebody previously where there's certain Christian uh, beliefs that people hold that um, if in your 
verbal discussion. I, I guess all discussion verbal, but but in your discussions or in in your prayers, if you don't use the right vocabulary, then your prayers won't get answered. Oh, so man. so it's this idea of um, that's a bummer. God, would you heal them? Would you please heal them of whatever's ailing them, cancer or you know, just this sickness or, uh, you know, would you heal them? And then if I come to you and go, um, hey, we've been praying for your healing. And if God chooses to do, oh, I said if. When God chooses to just go, 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 go. Yeah. And so it's like, because I said if, then then I don't have faith and my doubt is too strong, and so God's not going to answer my prayer. And so there's this idea of that where I actually, um, there's a guy in our area who will introduce himself as a prophet, and he will prophesy over somebody. And I asked a friend of mine, I'm like, when this dude prophesies and it doesn't come true, why don't people just nail his butt to the wall with it? Yeah, that that's that's all these people because I kept seeing it, kept seeing it online September twenty fourth. All this for whatever reason, some German politician mentioned save the date, and we'll all remember where we were at on September twenty fourth. Apparently, the world was supposed to end, and again, it didn't, and it never does. Hold on with those predictions, but you see all these people online. It's like that was last Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was a German politician in their legislature, whatever it's called, that said that September 24th will be a day where you always remember where you're at. Like, you'll tell people, I remember where I was on September 24th. So people are like, oh, something crazy is going to happen. September 24th, end of the world, repent. And then it comes and goes like a normal Saturday. And then we do have the responsibility to hold people accountable. If you make that claim and it doesn't come true, you're a false prophet. Repent. And stop. But see, I asked him about that. Sorry. I was like, touch no, the subject I, right now. I'm with you, but I'm like, why don't people nail their butts to the wall on these things? And my friend was like, well, what they'll tell you is, oh, you must not have had enough faith. So, like, somebody comes to me and is like, hey, you know what? We want to raise uh, $15,000 in order to um, restore a building over in Monroe so that we can open up Grassroots Monroe. And the person comes to me and goes, hey, God has told me that he's going to give you that $15,000. So you don't even have to ask people for it. He's going to give it to you. And, I, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I don't ask anybody for it. And the deadline comes and goes, and that money doesn't come in. And I go to them and go, hey, um, the money never came in. Now we can't renovate. What are we? And, and that, that guy would be like, well, you didn't have enough faith. So he's totally off the hook because of my doubt, according to him. he's off the, So there's another vein of theology in that, dealing with doubt, that God will not bless you because of your doubt, and he will not answer your prayers because of your doubt. And so I think there are verses, and I know you've been looking well, up verses that well, would— Well, yeah, I mean, reading through First John 4 this morning, it was talking about, um, like, basically, it's getting to love and fear. We don't need to have fear because we can abide in God's love. If you have fear of something, then God's love is not perfected in you because you really have nothing to fear. But he, uh, John was working through all of that, but he, um, he just begins to talk about just general faith. It's like, God, we love him because he first loved us. And then he's, he initiates is what I'm trying to get to. Yeah, your friend is a person. But God initiates this love, initiates this relationship, initiates this creation. Then he goes on to talk about if we have faith in that, anything we ask according to his will, it will be given. You can move mountains. Anything we ask according to his will, it will be given when we abide in him. But that's not, what I was going to say. Not Broski down the road. That's what I was going to say is that there, I think there are verses – that we could bring up that would make us believe if we doubt God won't answer our prayers. Because he does say, you know, hey, with the faith of a mustard seed, you could move mountains. And it's like, well, I, I have faith, but, but not enough. So it's not going to get answered. I think there's verses we could look at that would make you feel that way. But then we see the interactions of Jesus with, with individuals 
and go, okay, when we take the entire scripture in context and look at it together, it's like there are things that God wants to grow faith in us and eliminate doubt, but there's things that he, he overcomes our doubt with answers. Is it a sin to doubt? I mean, Peter, when he sank after walking on the water, Jesus, well, you have little faith. You doubted. That's why you sank. Did Peter sin in that moment? Because I feel like he gets a bad rap. I mean, he was walking on water in faith. I mean, that's pretty cool. It's like a few seconds longer than anybody else. But then he did sink. And, you know, Jesus is like, you have no faith. He does always get the bad rap. But dude got out of the boat. Boy got out of the boat. Dude got out of the boat. Not Penny's boat. You know. Sorry, but lost reference. <laughs> I, would, I would say we, we all have moments of doubt. We all have moments of doubt. Um, I think living in a in a mindset of doubt, like where you just live day to day doubting God. And I'm not, I'm talking for Christians. Please understand. I'm talking for Christians. If somebody's out there who's not a believer doubting that God exists, yeah, you, you haven't had the Holy Spirit open your eyes. Yeah. Call, if, uh, according to Psalm, if someone says there is no God, they're a fool. Yeah. I was like, good luck. But it's like, but for a Christian to constantly day in and day out, just doubt God. It's like, I think that leads us further into we doubt God, so therefore we don't trust God. Does God actually love us? I think it takes us down a, a, a deep, dark rabbit hole that it's like we need to let God uh, pull us out of those things. I remember the, the biggest episode of doubt I ever experienced was as a kid. So I made a profession of faith, was baptized, um, converted. Yes, when I was like six or seven years old, but I remember one time, and I've shared this before on the podcast. I apologize for being repetitive. But when I was like second or third grade, I had a bunch of nightmares one night because we as a family watched Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Bum, bum, bum. Which is an interesting movie. Now I really enjoy it. It's kind of funny. It's a wild movie. Super nutty. Oh, my God. But anyway, it, you know, the, this couple dies and they're in this afterlife, like this waiting room and it's got pe- It's just gross and it's dingy. And I'm like, oh, what? Man, is that? That's like the first time I saw like a depiction of afterlife as a kid freaked me out. And I had such bad dreams. I woke mom up. I'm like, mom, I mean, I'm a Christian, you know, it's been said and I've, um, I don't want to go to that place. Like whatever is shown there, I don't want that. And she walked me through it. And the first Bible I ever had was a King James Bible. And it was like one of the junior ones. And she wrote in it like at the back of the cover, like this thing was like on, and it was a specific date like Adam is reassured that because of these verses that he knows without a shadow of a doubt that he is with the Lord forever and the Lord will keep him. And to this day, I still reflect on Because ever since, that, that was like the kid wrestling through something of seeing these depictions of the afterlife and uncertainty and not knowing, to see it visually depicted was shocking to me. And I'm just up for a few hours wrestling with that. It's like, I don't want that. I don't want it. Like, are you sure? Like, is that way? Because I don't want that. If that's the way it's going to be, it's like, calm down. No, here, have some scripture. So that was like the biggest doubt I think I've ever had in my life. And honestly, since then, I just kind of go with the momentary conviction. And I've also used the example of Marshall. I went to Marshall. I never made the decision. I just did. Like, it, it's so weird. In hindsight, it was just the right thing to do. It was always the right thing to do. I can't explain it. I just know it, it was the right place for me to go. I didn't think about it. I have no doubt. Like, hey, I could put an application to go there. Boom. And it just made sense. So that's that's kind of been my experience with doubt. Really rough episode when I was a kid one night. But from then, I still use verses today whenever I do start feeling like, ah, God, you say that if we proclaim your word in boldness, that those who are elect will hear it. But really, because I feel like what I'm saying is not making an impact. Hey, kudos to your mom, though, because I remember going through, and I was a little bit older. Um, I was actually already a youth pastor. And went through a, a rough season of assurance and doubt. Like, like I just want to, I just really want to hear God's voice. And and had a rough moment in it one time. And I remember going to uh, my dad and my brother who were on staff with me, and their answers were like, "You don't need to doubt." And I'm like, "Thanks, guys." appreciate that. But your mom's like, hey, let me let me give you let me give you truth. Let me give you God's word. 
and and here's some things to lean into and just letting God take the the truth of his word and and put it into your heart yeah, 25 years later and that's the, the the joy of the spirit and to go back to what I was mentioning a second ago on a Sunday morning to be prepared for a sermon and be delivering it's like I just don't know if this message is getting through Lord it's like I don't know um speaking in spirit and truth is the best that I can I'm having faith but man this seems like it's really falling flat I'm like are you sure it's really working but it's a kind word and patience and insight shown by a mother to a seven-year-old boy, 25 years later, he remembers and still is anchored to that. That's incredible. So we can take faith in knowing that in our efforts, through the Spirit, through our efforts, like there's some solid assurance, and we can have faith in that. But the assurance is in God's Word. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So if someone's listening, if they're experiencing some type of doubt, and again, it can be across the board. I, I think we would go to like doubts like, does God exist? Or doubt of like, if God does exist, will I be with him in heaven forever? It's like, well, what if I'm wrong? What if this whole Christian thing is just wrong? Or a doubt of like, I know I'm supposed to go to church on Sunday morning, uh, but I just don't know if it's working or not. I mean, so I guess it depends on where someone is in their struggle with that, the specific one. But how can someone who's listening now that's battling with doubt start working through that in a healthy, biblical way? Here's—and I hope people take what I'm saying, like, from a heart of love. Um, Here's what a lot of people do with doubt. As Christians, they want that supernatural, out-of-the-box experience for God to prove himself. Okay, so let's go back to Judges that we just taught through this year, and we see, um, uh, oh gosh, everything is just... Gideon. Gideon, thank you, and his fleece. Okay, God, I'm going to put this out. Let the ground around it be wet and the fleece be dry. And it happens, and he goes... God, thank you so much. So tonight I'm going to put it out and let the fleas be wet and the ground be dry. And God does it. Like, we want those moments, okay? Um, And sometimes God does use things that just grab our attention, okay? What I see in that moment is God's patience with Gideon, okay? He's not like, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to kill you and use somebody else because you're doubting me. No, he's like, patiently, here you go. But what we know is our doubts, okay, the enemy, Satan, who in the Gospel of John is called the father of lies, is the one that comes to us with these doubts and and our flesh starts to convince us. Look in the garden when the serpent shows up. Did God really say not to eat that? Did he say that? He didn't just go, God never said that. He just goes, did he? He just starts planting doubt. And uh, what we need is the truth of God's Word implanted in our hearts for the Holy Spirit to bring for, forward and battle those doubts. That's why John chapter 17 is known as the high priestly prayer. That is where uh, Jesus is actually getting ready to go and be arrested and be crucified. Like, it's it's like right then. And in his prayer, he prays to God the Father. He says, Father, teach them the truth. Your word is truth. And so we as Christians often want God to show up in this miraculous way. And it's like, that'll happen sometimes. It really will. But more often than not, we just need the truth of God's words, God's word implanted in our hearts to combat the doubts that come. That's like the illustration used as a tree, a tree firmly planted beside a flowing river. It's like we need to be ourselves like a tree planted next to the river, God's truth, Scripture. So whenever those doubts do arise, we have like this massive source of truth and life that we can draw from. But it's also sad as well because I I do feel like, you know, a lot of Christians, unfortunately, and I I fall into this category sometimes as well, 
It's like, okay, I'm having some doubts. All right, let's go to script. Let, let me use what I know, be guided by the Spirit. I'm going to spend some time in, in Scripture, and I'm going to work through this. It's so much easier just to Google or YouTube it. Oh, what does this guy say? What do these people say? Well, according to Freud, it's like, no, 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 no. According to Scripture, we got to start there based on our own convictions in the Spirit. So, so step one, if someone is struggling with some type of doubt, we need to make sure that daily, hourly, we are abiding in Scripture, in God's truth. Yes, reading it, praying through it, but meditating on it all day long. Have you ever, you just spark my memory on something, have you ever... I'm good for that. Have you ever been talking with somebody who's a Christian, and more often than not, instead of when you talk to them about doctrinal issues, church issues, life issues, more often than not, you hear them say, well, my preacher says, instead of, well, the Bible says. Have you ever had somebody that's like that? They're like, well, my preacher said, well, my I pastor. A, I had a preacher one time that told me. You know, yeah. I, that's, I really hope people in grassroots aren't that way. Like when they're talking to people outside the church that they're like, well, you know, my pastor always says, or, you know, Adam always said, yeah, like I really hope they can point to Scripture more than us. Um, but I think a big part of what you're saying there is, is so true that it's too easy to, to YouTube something and go, well, I heard this good sermon, which is awesome. If God uses it to bless you, awesome. But hopefully every sermon you hear points you to Scripture. Go to Scripture. Yeah, and that's that, that's the case for me. My go-to verse on any type of doubts, because there are time, there have been times in the past where I've woken up in the morning and just felt so drained. It's like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this day. I don't have the mental energy. I just don't want to think about it. like, I don't know how I'm going to get through the day. Um. My go-to is always Proverbs 3, 5. It's like, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean into your own understanding. Acknowledge him or submit to him, someone say, and he will make your path straight. So the, the, the clarity and the straight pathway relies on not my own understanding, but his word. Because if I start relying on my own reasoning and I start relying on my own capacities, I'm falling short all the time. I'm disappointing me. And it's almost like this. We have to trust God. I've used this illustration before, but it works perfectly. I'm blind, lost a lot of vision, continue to lose vision is what it is. But it blows my mind whenever Jesse will say something. She'll be like, well, the price is this, this, this. I'm like, how do you know that? She's like, well, I see it on the sign. I look over there. It's like, I don't even see a sign. It's like people who see, most people, who see 2020, it's like a superpower to me. It's like, what? You read that word in a bright sunny day. It's like, you can see? That's crazy. All I see is, I don't know, white. <laughs> I see the light there. But anyway, for me, it's like my own visual ability and my experience with it to see someone that has such a greater capacity. It makes no sense. It's like a superpower. It's irrational. It's mystic. And then someone will respond. It's like, for Jesse, it's like, you know how easy that is for me? It's nothing. So we sit here in our day-to-day, like me sitting in the morning, it's like, how am I going to get through this? I don't understand it. Like financially, all these different things are happening. That's like me relying on my own understanding because God is like the person that sees 2020. And for him to move a mountain, that's nothing. He can move a mountain easily. He made it. But I think your your illustration is, is really good that um, you have somebody there with you that kind of sees in front of them, sees the whole picture, and you're not able to see the whole picture. Where for us and God, God sees literally the entire picture from way before we were ever born to way after we're ever gone. He sees the whole picture, and we trust that. And that's what I think. There's, there's so many Christians that come to a point of doubt, but there, and it might be inadvertently a, a, an atmosphere of shame in the church that you shouldn't doubt. You know, or hey, you better not doubt, or God's not going to bless you, or not going to answer your prayers. And, um, and and there are there are scriptures that we do point to that talk about, um, you know, it, it is your your doubt that's holding this back. Okay, and it's not that God is punishing you for the doubt; it's that He wants to bring you through it. And so that's what I look at um, a couple of the. You know, you and I talked about it yesterday, a couple of the interactions that Jesus had with people that doubted. He was going to heal the guy who was blind. Um, or no, he was going to heal the, was it his daughter or his, who's the guy that doubted? But he was uh, like. There was Thomas, and there was also a father whose son, I was reading through that um, a couple minutes ago, actually. 
Yeah, I'm 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 literally looking it up. Well, right you now. continue to look up to it. I'm just going to go back to recap what I was saying too. Relying on our own human capacities, things will not make sense, and there will be doubt. Like if we fill our minds and our hearts full of man-made stuff, found it. It's confusing, and it's hard to find a clear path forward. Just to go back to the morning. The morning's waking up. It's like, how am I going to get through the day? Or even when it's like a ministry thing, it's like, hey, would you mind doing this? It's like, sure, I'll do it. In the back of my head, it's like, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I'm not equipped for this. I'm not good enough. I'm like, I can't do this. It's like, no, 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 no. That's me leaning into my own understanding because God is capable of doing that. Like, he can and use a donkey. But that's, and that's what I said, is God sees the whole picture. He sees the whole thing. He's like the best quantum computer um, it's in Mark chapter 9 when, yeah, the, the dad brings the child who is possessed. And he was like, would you please heal my child? And he said, hey, if you believe, you know, all, all things are possible for one who believes. And the father responds to me with something that I think is actually encouraging. He said, I believe, help my unbelief. And it's this moment where he's like, I do believe, Jesus, that you can do this, but I also doubt He's like, would you overcome my unbelief? Like, would you, would you strengthen that belief? And to me, that's encouraging because there's times where I'm like, I know Jesus can do this. Okay, so say I would be praying for you to be healed, you know, of your blindness. I, I 100% know Jesus can do it. But in my limited capacity, I would go, but why would he answer my prayer? Why, like, my there's doubt in or, me. Or doubt for this. It's like, Jesus, I know you can heal my vision. How come you haven't yet? Mm. Like, you healed all these people in Scripture. It's like, I'll give you credit for it. Like, how come I like how come I can't see 2020? Doubting the ways of the Lord. And that's what I think too too often in the church, like, well, you're not allowed to doubt God. And it's like, we, we, we really shouldn't doubt It's God. one thing to doubt God, but it's another thing to think about his ways. I, and I did have a, pa- I had a pastor one time say, Brian Dean of Glen Fork uh, Baptist Temple said that one time, because I was talking to him about going to seminary. Because I had the biggest, and I, it's still hard to explain, I was going to go to Southern Baptist Theological after my undergrad at Marshall, and I just had like the most trepidation, like like something's just not right. And I still can't explain it. I just was not meant to go. And I can see some reasons why now, being uh, part of grassroots, just uh, I actually have so much more of love and respect for other people that I did not have otherwise. But it's like I know God's in control. I know he's working through things. What my pastor would say when I was talking to him, that it's don't question God. But to try to understand his ways, there is some wrestling. It's like, I don't know why I don't see well, but... In the end, God's in control, and he just doesn't I, He doesn't want me to. I don't need it. And there, I trust in him that there are so many, many, many more benefits from it. Just trust in him. Get through it. Did I say something wrong? You pushed your mic away. Like, oh, No, I was just waiting. Because what I was going to say is that we shouldn't doubt God. We really shouldn't. But as humans, we will. And that's why this verse is encouraging to me. Is like, yeah, we, 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 we do. But there's such an air in the in the church at times of of shame that we shouldn't, and so I, I don't want to bring up my doubt because then people, what are people going to think? It's like first of all, we shouldn't hide in the corner with our doubt. Let's bring it out into the open and let the church walk through us the same way you did with your mom. You know, you could have just woke up with your doubt and just let it haunt you, but instead you go to your mom and you're like, Mom, I, I I'm really struggling. Hey, let me show you some scripture, and so now you've been strengthened through that. And and so that's it. Just I feel like honestly, because we talk about a moment of conversion. Because I remember, you know, my dad taking me to the room and reading through some scripture, me praying a prayer, and then I was baptized the next Sunday. And it's like yes, saved, boom. But really, the first time where it was like I'm freaked out, God, I need you. I do not want that waiting room scene in Beetlejuice ever. I do not want that. It's like I think that was like the first time where I really had to. I was like, oh, oh, something's bigger than me. And my mom was graciously like, well, yeah, and it's God, and trust him. It's like, okay. And here I am 25, 25 years later, four cups of coffee in at the Grassroots Church Roundtable Podcast. So you mentioned bring it out of the shadows. How? Like, hey, I mean, you don't want to go to a 
worship service on a Sunday morning, be like, hey, stop worship. I don't know why we're doing any of this. Like, when, when, how does someone bring out or discuss their doubt? This is the Grassroots Roundtable podcast, so I'm going to bring it to grassroots. Um, if you're in a group, that's a great place to be like, I really struggle to believe this. And let your group pour into you. Because that group has grown to love you and know you, and uh, and they want to pour into you. Um, I think on a Sunday, and this is what you know. Even in follow up with Ryan yesterday for Covenant Community, uh, you and I said we're like we're not inaccessible, we're not untouchable. So if something is said on Sunday morning, and it's like, man, I, I just I really struggle to trust God in, in what you just talked about. You got to come to us and talk to us about it, and people do. Yeah, and I, they're not going to get the answer of, well, you just need to have more faith. You just need to trust God more, okay? What we're going to try to do is walk through Scripture and show how God grows us in faith and how God— because look at Paul, and this is something I think about with you all the time, is when Paul was like, I've asked God multiple times to take this thorn from the flesh. And for you, it's like, man, I would love for God to take the blindness away. But Paul's like, but he's leaving it there so that I'll lean into him more and trust him more. And and that might be what he's doing with you. I, I don't know. Yeah, me, me either. I just accept it. Because that's, that's my approach with um, my physical ailments. It's like, I don't know why I was chosen to not see as well as most people, but God's in control. He's sovereign. He's wise. He's omniscient. He knows everything, and apparently is for the best. Now, some people also, because I've, I've had people try to build me up this way. They're like, well, it's because when God looks at you, he knew there was something special and that you can carry that burden. It's like, <laughs> no, not at all. It's like, I just trust in whatever it is he's doing. I don't know. I don't have the answer. I don't know why. I just accept it. And it really doesn't hinder my quality of life at all. And there's moments of frustration. There's oh, yeah. moments of doubt. Yeah. You know, but, but taking those to the Lord, um, letting Scripture uh, penetrate your heart, and, and really um, in all areas and, and trusting in that and then going to your, uh, your, your church, you know, okay? And, and, and by that, I mean the people <laughs> that are your church and, uh, you know, in a group or just a friend or um, your, your pastor uh, or elders, just letting them not give you the, oh, you don't have to doubt. God's in control. That's great. I know I'm that. having some doubts. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, like you go back to what the, you know, when when Jesus is like, or when the guy was like, hey, I have belief, help my unbelief. And somebody's like, oh, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to doubt. Just believe more. It's like, how? How do I how do I believe more? And it's like, <laughs> so we're talking about before. It's like, believe it, it will happen. Just believe. And you, if you believe, you can win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And so that's what I think trusting. Um, somebody's trying to call me. Who is it? It's an unknown number. And oh, so I we do don't answer. answer. Un- we only answer what you we do know. Better have a name in my phone. We if only you testify to, to that which we have seen, yep. to that which we have witnessed. Now that's my takeaway, friends. If you made it this far, here's my big. I don't like to give advice per se, but counsel. Fine, because it worked for me. Twenty-five ish years ago. If you're having any type of doubts, seek the. Sp- Seek the truth in Scripture, led by the Spirit. On your like, you, like pick up your Bible, start looking through it, what you know, and then find a verse or several verses that address your doubts specifically. Memorize them every hour. Like set a timer if you have to. Remind me to pray this Scripture, like something, like in, 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 embed that almost, like imprint that into your mind, into your heart, to when it's like, man, God, what, man, but really, I mean, but really. Wait a second, but then again, you said this, boom, combat it with Scripture. That's how Jesus handled, you know, Satan when he was tempted, just to draw from that well of living water, which is the truth of God's Word in Christ. And I think one of the ploys of the the enemy is to make us, number one, to isolate us or to make us feel isolated. And so remember that you're not alone in, in doubting. Uh, reading yesterday... I preached on it this past Sunday over in Monroe, the Great Commission. Like, the disciples meet Jesus on the mountaintop, and 
he is getting ready to ascend to the Father. They have seen him in his earthly ministry. They have watched him be crucified. They have spent the last 40 days with him after the resurrection. They've put their hands in the nail holes in his hands and feet. Like, they witnessed this. And when they meet him on the mountaintop, it says they fell down and worshiped, but some doubted. It's like, like, <laughs> like these are, they physically saw Jesus and still the yeah, flesh back. Remember, he had like a huge, massive multitude of following, and he started talking about eat my flesh, drink my blood. And he's like, they lost a lot of disciples that day. A lot of people were like, no, nope. Yeah. And so you're not alone in it. Um, and, and so I would say, encourage you again, pray through it. You've already said it. No scripture that combats the, the lies with the truth. Um, and, and lean into your local body, uh, with, um, with your doubts that like, Hey, help me, you know, I, I believe help my unbelief. So that would be my recommendations. That's good, Darren. That's why, that's why they pay you the, the prestige of the title of lead Eldire. GrassrootsWV.com, Twitter, Facebook is Lead Eldire. <laughs> Remember the Eldire dance? Have you been watching uh, Rings of Power? Oh, I have. A uh, new episode came out today. Ooh. So it's Friday. It's a new episode. Give, give it a grade so far. B minus only because it's really slow moving. Like I'm still waiting. Oh, I'm, I'm rolling A minus. I'm okay. I love Middle Earth too much. I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm too much. Like, give me, give me, give me. I wish. Oh, it's good. I enjoy I'm enjoying it. it, but it's Stuff. like, it's like. Where are we going? Where are we going? You got me again, Tolkien. GrassrootsW.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Friends, hey, thank you for uh, giving us your time. We really do appreciate it. I hope and pray that you found this episode beneficial. Please reach out. If we can help you in any way, please let us know. Uh, We're happy to walk that walk with you. Till next time. 